0: Max Verstappen is running away with the championship this season, but can Ferrari get back to winning Rays around their home circuit this weekend? Hello and welcome back to the Grid Talk podcast, everybody. This is episode number 229, where we're going to be previewing the 2022 Italian Grand Prix. I'm your host, George Harrison, and joining me today, we have Grid Talk co-host, Louis Edwards. Hello. Sophia Richmond from EF1. Hiya. And Phil Matthew from the Gripstick podcast. Hello. So everybody, let's get into this weekend's race. It's been fast and furious in Formula One, like we like it. Three races in a row, and this is the final bit of that triple header. I'm um, going into this one. We have obviously Max Verstappen with a big old lead in the world championship. There's no getting away, uh, no getting away from that. Um, but this is one of the few circuits, Louis, where Max hasn't won at uh, in the past. He's had quite a bad bit of bad luck around around Monza over the years. However, with the form he's in and with the f- the pace of that Red Bull car, especially in a straight line, it's really difficult to look past him again this weekend.
1: Oh yeah. That that Red Bull was an absolute monster in a straight line. We even saw just how effective it was, even in the short straight in Zandvoort, just how much pace that Red Bull has over the likes of the Mercedes and the Ferrari. So I I have very little doubt to say that Max will at least stick it on pole um, on the Saturday. Sunday, of course, is, is slightly different and, um, you never can really know what's going to happen. But uh, with the way that things are going at the moment, it just seems like Max is just going to win and win and he's going to keep winning. And there's just really no one out there to stop him. He's just so good. He's on um, absolute fire right now.
0: Yeah, he is. He's on a real hot streak of form. He's got four wins in a row. I think it's a 10 wins for the season, which is his, matching his personal best from last season. It's, you know, he's he's probably going to beat the record of 13 wins for a driver in a season at this rate. It is really hard to look past him. But the, the romantic in me likes to fantasise about the fact that Ferrari could finally get their act together around a track that they, of course, know so well, Sofia, but even if, like when we said this for a while now, even if everything comes together in terms of the pace of the car, they have to have the right strategy. And again, they made a few errors last week at Zandvoort. So they need, they need to sort it out to have any kind of realistic hope, to be honest.
2: Absolutely mental, the Ferrari strategy. Like that's one that you can always bet on. I think almost every single race weekend that Ferrari will have a bad call, whether it's in free practice quality or in the actual race itself. I mean you would love to see Ferrari win because obviously again Monza and such and how they're bringing out a new special livery and new racing gear as well this weekend. Um, is it possible? I don't think so. I'm maybe hoping for a podium for one of the drivers, maybe Charles hopefully, but it you can only dream, but it doesn't look so good for Ferrari um, for the rest of the season, I think.
0: No, it it doesn't look too great for them, unfortunately. Um, Just silly mistakes like leaving the wheel guns out in the wrong place and they're probably going to get some sort of penalty if they haven't already for that. Um, And a a horrible pit stop for signs as well. Um, And as well, they got out strategized by Mercedes who frankly probably had a slower car that weekend too. So it's not not looking too great for them. I think it's more likely, to be honest, Phil, if anybody's going to beat Red Bull this weekend, it's Mercedes. But I think that's quite difficult to see again because they have struggled more um in terms of straight line speed over the season so far however without the safety cars they genuinely could have run around Zandvoort so there is some hope for them
3: yeah the hope would be that Mercedes can actually show up and and do well on one of these longer circuits but as this design is shown throughout most of the year sans maybe a couple of instances on the longer circuit um it's got the most drag it has even the Mercedes power unit is not anywhere near as good as it has been in the past and unfortunately when you're talking about Monza it's about power and, and low low force. and um I mean they'll rue I mean Lewis Hamilton was not happy yesterday of course but and he had a chance so did George um and but George was able to consolidate get another podium uh, they're battling with Ferrari now to try to get second in constructors. It would be nice to see them um, do something, but I think we all know the reality of the world. I, I believe Mercedes' bigger question, and they talked about it on motorsport.com, is like when are they going to make the decision to start looking at next year? Are they going to continue trying to deal with this car as it is or try to keep on working on it? It's the same thing they did last year. And, of course, we know what happened there. Um, and it has basically put them on the back foot this year. Um, to be fair, they're the only one who went with that concept, I guess, as far with the concept. Uh, I think Williams tried it. Maybe one other team tried the concept with the zero, I guess, um, side pods, and it hasn't worked. But who knows? Maybe, maybe it'll work this weekend. Um, I'm hoping so. Uh, mainly because for the sake of people actually wanting to watch Formula One, it'd be nice to see something different. Uh, I Meaning if you're a fan of a certain driver, then it's probably fine. But otherwise, if you're not, it's kind of what Formula One has always been though. So one driver usually dominates, one team usually dominates for a period of time. And we're in that era now for Verstappen um, for and Red Bull.
0: Yeah, the, the combination of uh, Max and Red Bull right now is just unstoppable, really. I mean, the... The, the pace that that combination has got is just something else. But it was a lot closer than what we saw in Spa, which was quite frankly a walkover really for Max. Um, it was closer, obviously, with Mercedes and trying trying a strategy that was outside of the box. Um, anyway, it it paid off for them and it nearly could have won them the race. Uh if things fell a little bit differently for them. Um, so there is there is hope for them, definitely. And Sir Lewis, like pretty much every single circuit on the <laughs> on the calendar, he has won a lot around here. He's won five times, I think, by my count according to going to this here um so yeah uh let's let's give a mention though to Sergio Perez as well Louis I mean it it was a better race for him at Belgium but not such a a good race for him in the Netherlands um didn't really seem to have the ultimate pace in the car that the ties didn't really seem to suit him um but around Monza are you expecting a bit more from the Mexican this weekend
1: well I, I would hope that the you know the straight-line advantage will help Checo uh, this weekend. He has been kind of off the pace, and it's um, not what we've seen a lot from Checo this season. He started off the season very strongly, not far off the back of Max, but as the season's progressed and Max really hit his stride, um, Checo seems to have been, you know, falling off the pace. And I think, you know, Checo's issues where he's not, you know, finishing so high up is being sort of exacerbated by the fact that max is winning all the time and there's a lot of focus now on checo to see you know why isn't he you know consistently you know one two when there's obviously a lot of pace in in this red bull um but i think a lot of is voice strategy probably didn't go his way as he said that the tires weren't holding on for him those untimely um you know vscs and safety cars that kind of swung in you know Ferrari's favor and and Mercedes' favorite times in the race, which kind of didn't do a lot for Checo's race. And uh, yeah, I do hope we start seeing more from him. Yeah, we all know that he's a great driver, and I think it's sooner or later he'll be um, back up there with Max. But I think just Max is just so fast right now. It's 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 like comparing apples with oranges. <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: it, it, it is hard to see for sure but Monza was the site of one of Perez's best drives there 10 years ago he did get an amazing second place in the Sauber so he's good around there he's good around there for sure and, and he could have done and he probably should have done better there last year as well if it weren't for his penalty uh, for overtaking someone off the track or something like that I think or yellow flags one of the two um, but yeah let's move on to uh, the fourth place team in the championship Alpine um, again another decent solid day for them at, at the Netherlands Um but how, how do you see them getting on this weekend, Sophia? Because potentially the Alpine's not the best round straight line circuits, but still they're solid and they'll probably do enough to, to, to beat McLaren again this weekend because they've got two drivers that are competitive.
2: Definitely. I mean, there's one thing definitely to bank on is that Alcon will be in the points um, this weekend for sure. He's been one of the most quiet, consistent drivers as well, getting in the points, getting the points that's needed for Alpine. And then you have Alonso that keeps on going highs and lows. But I could see another double points uh, taking place this um, weekend. But we'll see. I mean, Alpine is by hit or miss. Again, obviously, I, I mentioned about like how Alcon is consistent, but it, you just don't know. And I think maybe how we'll see in free practice and qualifying, because again, as well with the new regulations, we still don't know how some of these cars are going to perform. We're using historical data, but it's not as accurate as previous years to understand how the car is going to perform. Um for this weekend but uh, I think decent I definitely think they probably will beat McLaren this weekend which pains me to say coming from a McLaren fan but it it's been like that this whole season um, Alpine's been the topper mid-team uh, this season
0: yeah it pains me to uh, to hear that as well as McLaren fans, so much so that my camera's actually knocked itself off again which is <laughs> something that people who were on the show last week, we'll, we'll remember. So apologies for that, everyone. I'm sure producer will uh, get get the same image up as uh, as last last week to to cover for me there. But yeah, it, it it's just it's just annoying from McLaren's point of but at the end of the day, fair play to Alpine. They've done very well. They've put, they've genuinely built on last year's car and it's made a lot of progress. I mean, you mentioned the consistency of Ocon, which is which is true. He's been very impressive. But Alonso's had that's three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten point scores in a row for a <laughs> for Alonso, which is just on another level again. Um, so yeah, unbelievable. Um, but yeah, let's move on to the fifth place team. Uh, next up, McLaren, obviously. Danny Ricciardo sensationally won here at this uh, this track a year ago, Phil. That, that is not simply not going to happen, I think, with the greatest respect to me. I think he's given up, really, uh, since, he's, uh, since he's lost his seat. He certainly seems like that. Uh, but Lando Norris, he, he has shown some real shades of incredible pace this season. And at times, he's been unlucky to not be higher up. So could we see a good result for him this weekend?
3: I mean, based on his, uh, you know, I, I know Sophia brought up historical data, but based on his prior results at, at Monza, Lando is one of the best currently on the grid. Uh, he also is fully, you know, invested and committed to the process that they have going on at McLaren and essentially fighting two against one uh, to try and, and compete for fourth in the Constructors' Championship, which is very difficult. Now they're 24 points behind Alpine um you know whatever you think about I mean Lando has done I guess the best they could expect I, I think their car they expected more this year, McLaren they wanted to get back to a little higher level but what has happened is they probably missed in some areas and they just have lacked the speed and consistency now is kind of an open case because it's the only circuit really where you're going to run these kind of downforce levels you know the alpine car as as sophia said it may not be there you know like this this car has been very interesting across all the teams where there's certain tracks where each team shows up at and other tracks where they're completely lost so who knows um for danny rick it's just depressing um you know one of the best drivers for many years eight grand prix wins one of the most well-liked people in the paddock area well liked people across the globe and now it just looks like he's mailing it in and and i don't know what mclaren's they can't get they literally can't move him out of the seat they can't put somebody else there unless they're going to cut a huge check because they're cutting checks for i don't know how many other people they've had signed to sign. they get they've signed everybody and their mother um, to drive all the race cars, um, maybe Rene Rast is available or whoever, but he drives for BMW. Or maybe they'll call um, Alex Palou because he's out of the IndyCar Championship this week, or Felix Rosenquist randomly. But I think that's what the if they really want to try and win fourth in constructors, they really need to make a change. They're not going to make that change, so they basically have said, all right, fine, we're just going to take fifth in constructors get through this year and just start over again next year with Piastri and um lando norris which it, it is what it is i think they wanted more from this year um but it hasn't been as successful of a season for mclaren as they probably wanted to and they may have lost out on some of these other manufacturer opportunities though maybe porsche might be back in play
0: yeah, I mean uh, McLaren um yeah, it's disappointing for them for sure, but they they have to they they are going to be looking forward to having one of the most youthful, dynamic and promising driver pairings on the grid. If not the most next season with Norris and Piastri, that that is a lineup that is is very very promising for them. And the fact they stole him from not stole him, sorry, got him legally from Piastri <laughs> uh, from uh, from Alpine is very promising for them. It's obviously showing that they've got a much more healthy kind of environment there at the team. So it's, you know, it's promising for them for sure. Um, but yeah, who's, they're talking about Ricardo going to, uh, to, to Alpine, uh, but why the hell would Alpine want Ricardo right now? They have to pay him, you know, eight figures, easy. And right now on current form, he is arguably the the worst driver on the grid in terms of form. I mean, once he got a 15th, for 15th and a 17th, that's, that's like Latifi-esque almost he's in a much better car. He's Latifi
3: and Stroll look good. That's how bad he's been going recently.
0: Yeah, he, he, he actually is. And this is coming from a place of love. He's my favorite driver, Picardo. I love him, but it's just not working. He's just giving up the ghost. I'll be honest. Oh. I'm yeah, sure the there'll news... be some people in the comments that disagree with me, but...
3: <laughs> I mean, the news is that, that everybody is saying that Pierre Gasly is going there. But the oh now the new the newest piece that I just saw earlier while I was doing all my reading my important reading before the episode was that the only way that they will release Pierre Gasly is if they can if AlphaTauri can get Colton Herta. So mm-hmm. that in its own way is an interesting bit, which is funny. I guess it's Red Bull's karma catching up to them because now they want they want to help from somebody else when they've been crying and moaning for all these years about everything regulations and they want help in regards to getting a driver and they're not going to get any sympathy from any of these teams because they know it's an advantageous situation for them so Mm -hmm. um that might mean Pierre Gasly is there which means Otmar Saf now is looking for plan h or something in regards to a replacement for um a driver maybe Felipe Drogovic who knows it might be somebody like that
2: there's also a clip that's surfacing about Daniel say, talking to uh, Checo saying, I'm going to take a year out and join in 2024. I've been seeing that following around. It was speaking, I think they were going to like the starting line for the national anthems and you could just hear him saying that, which I think is probably the more realistic option as well for Daniel for this season because... There's no way with how he's performing that he's worth, uh, like he's not worthy of a seat. I don't think, which again pains me to say as well. Like George, but I, I think taking a year out is probably going to be the best decision. Look at Albon, look at Alcon, taking a year a year out and coming back and actually performing a lot better than previous records.
0: Yeah, it could open doors for him. Definitely, I think he, he's—it's he's obviously not working there. He's—he's he's under a lot of pressure. He could do with some time out, do something else, just enjoy life for a bit. You know, he's been racing full time since he was a teenager, if not before. So, fair enough. You know, fair player in that regard. Um, but yeah, I can't—I can't see uh, Gasly going to Alpine for the pure fact that him and—and um, and, uh, sorry, Gasly and Ocon—they just don't get on. They do not like each other. I don't know why. It's obviously something to do with the junior careers, but I don't know why uh sophia's constantly <laughs> Sophia, explain I, I... do you know why
2: so again it's it's speculation but they've said it even on sky and other news media it stems back because they're both from around the same area of france and then they both started carding together and kind of grew up with carding and apparently something happened during their karting years and i guess they like to hold grudges and it's still ongoing Yet Alcon has said in an interview that him and Gasly are good friends or good mates, but that could be a PR stint to be like, oh, he's great. So like, I'm happy that he's going to be my teammate, even though behind closed doors, they absolutely want to rip each other's heads off. (laughs) Who knows? (laughs) But that's yeah, I think it's because they're from the same area in France and stems from Cardi days and some bad decisions. Yeah,
0: I I could definitely believe that. And I'll admit, I'm, nowadays, I am not the person who watches the most Formula 1 content, but I have never seen Gasly and Ocon have a friendly chat, ever. So I don't buy that. I do not buy that. Anyway, we've talked a lot about this. Let's move on to Alfa Romeo. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, another another bad day for Alfa Romeo in the last race, Louis. Um, not what they want at all. That's, that's now six races they haven't scored in. Bottas retiring again, a mechanical issue there. And Zhu, Ju, I just think uh, just think a, a genuine lack of pace really. The car was just not there for him um over the last weekend. But home race coming up for the team in a way with the Alpha sponsoring. So could we see something better from them?
1: I mean, if Joe Venazi could get points out of the Alfa Romeo at Monza, surely <laughs> surely either Joe or uh, Bottas can. Um, as long as that Ferrari engine stays, you know, intact, there's another Ferrari power unit down the drain um, after last weekend. Um, but I don't, I, I re- haven't had high expectations for Alpha, uh, Alpha Romeo for quite a while now. They've, they've been really poor. Like they had this mega start, and there was so much. Um, you know, hyper on them. But I think they just had the initial get, you know, get up and then the development race, they've really lost out and they've sort of dropped back to where we probably would have expected them to be. And it's a shame because, you know, Bottas was looking so good. He's been, he's been solid. And I think Joe has been slightly overlooked this season. I think he's been doing a great job with the machinery he's had and luck really hasn't favored him um, a lot this season. But um, unfortunately, I can't really see many opportunities between now and the end of the season where they are going to be able to get these, you know, big point finishes that we were seeing earlier on in the season. And unfortunately, I think this weekend may be another one of, you know, a bit more pain (laughs) to add to the Alpha Romeo team.
0: Yeah, it's it's probably not going to be a good one for them at the end of the day. Just partly for the fact that the car's just so unreliable. It's... It's, it's it's really concerning for them. I mean, obviously they don't supply their own power units; they get them for Ferrari. But it's it's really concerning. They seem to be getting far worse luck in terms of reliability than Ferrari, and probably Haas as well. At that point, um, I will mention as well now that if you give us a five-star review on iTunes, we will show you out at the start of the show and uh thanks for everybody who's left a, re- uh, a review on spotify as well we're on 172 uh spotify reviews an average of 4.7 so you guys clearly like us so thank you very much for that that's that is absolutely brilliant you're all stars on there that is that's fantastic to see so thank you for that um and if you uh, head over to our website, you can get a very nice t-shirt like the one I'm wearing now that you would have been able to see if you were on the in the show earlier. give it a rewind if you didn't catch it. Um, but we have a lot of good stuff there, including mugs and uh, hoodies as well. So f1chronicle.com forward slash store for all that. Um, yeah, I just gave a brief mention to Haas there, Sophia. Again, another team that <laughs> did not have a good weekend uh, in the Netherlands this this last weekend. They seem to struggle in colder conditions. Um, Magnussen just speared off the road and somehow didn't retire. I don't know how he... I mean, he didn't keep it out of the barriers, but he managed to limit his damage to nothing terminal, really. And But Mick Schumacher, I think he started in the top 10, but he just slowly fell out of it. So that that car, in terms of race pace, ever since it's got its upgrades, ironically, I'd say has been worse, actually.
2: I, I 100% agree. I It's very hit or miss. It's either really, really good or really, really bad. There's no in-between right now for Haas. And at the moment, it's just going downhill. Like you mentioned with Kevin... I think that shows his skill as well as a driver in the years of experience that he has. If that was any other driver, if that was even his teammate, you know that's going to be in the wall. And it's going to be a DNF and red flag. Um, but yeah, it's going to be interesting because I, I haven't checked what the weather is for Monza. But if it's going to be somewhat similar weather, I think they're not going to do that good. As you mentioned as well, Mick went into Q3 and then he he's just not getting off the line at all. In any of the races, he's he's dropping down at least two to three uh, positions at the start of each race. And he's just unluckily, like not able to catch up and go back to where he started. So while he's doing good in qualifying, he's just not performing in the race, which is where it actually kind of matters and counts. I, I'm i not expecting much for Haas. Um, I feel like some of these lower teams aren't getting discussed more on the TV because everyone kind of knows they're not really being shown very well they're just being quiet racing maybe what every once in a while when they have good overtakes or like in the points contending but i think it's gonna be a quiet race race for has no points which again is really sad to see maybe we might even see a dnf it's Monza, anything can happen it's like like spa pretty much you don't know you can't really plan it until actually the race starts
0: yeah the cars are runs the absolute extreme around Monza with the low downforce settings and there's something like 80% of the lap is on full throttle so those engines are being pushed to the absolute breaking point in terms of the weather like you mentioned there it's going to be uh, going to be high 20s uh, for the race and and for qualifying as well so it'll be a lot warmer. So maybe maybe that'll play to advantage. You never know. However, the Ferrari engine has been known to overheat as well. So maybe not
2: and catch on fire every once in a while.
0: <laughs> yeah, it is. It is prone to that, unfortunately, for for those teams. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, but yeah, let's let's move on. Let's move on to uh, onto AlphaTauri next, the team that actually won at this circuit somehow two years ago. But those days seem a very very long time ago, don't they? Feel it's. I mean, I don't think the drivers are performing worse. I mean, maybe Gasly's performance has gone down a little. Sonosa's has probably gone up a little. But the car is just not there. Um, To be fair, they nearly got points last last time out at the Netherlands. But something's got to be done about the pit release procedures. But the the fact that they sent Sonoda out twice while there's something up with the car is just plain dangerous and irresponsible, really.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think it's also irresponsible to be sending death threats to the lead um, you know, strategy person for Red Bull. I mean, I think, granted, it is not a good job by them. Uh, yesterday or in general this season, they've had a terrible car. They've had bad reliability. I really don't get how you're connect, supposedly connected to the team that has the guy that's going to win 86 races this year, and they they don't have any engine problems. Well, it's a, it's a it's simple thing with Red Bull. There's one car that's amazing, and the rest of them are mediocre crap. And that's what essentially where we're at now. Um, Gaz, two years on from winning his first Grand Prix, um, doesn't look like the guy he's looked, he's been the last few years. I, I think the car is just not good. The Honda engines they're giving them, for whatever reason, aren't as good. Um, Sonoda is Sonoda. Uh, he is what he is, he's basically um Takuma Sato 2.0, so he's just going to be very entertaining and crash and do weird things, and, and that's what he's there for. Uh, because he drives, he's a Honda guy. Um, but yeah, there's I don't really know what they're gonna do here. It kind of goes with the form here over the last few teams we discussed. It's it's track sense, it's like track centric, they might have a chance. Uh, there's, you know, the temperatures, as you brought up, might play in a, play a role. We know Mercedes has a horrible time trying to get temperature in their tires, so a warmer track conditions, warmer tracks will be better. Um, not really sure what AlphaTauri needs. Uh, they are five points behind Haas. They're four points ahead of Aston Martin, so they are in a battle, and that's real money there for those teams so that's its own mini uh discussion there so every point is gonna count here for seven races to go uh the likes of Gasly who has the capability who is in the news um with his future um he wants to put on a good show I would think and I I think these next the set of races after this once we have the time off is gonna be interesting in regards to who gets seventh in the constructors championship because I think that's one of the only championship battles we have left to look at. Um so that I don't know about this weekend. I don't really expect much for Alpha Tori, but you know there we'll we'll see. Anything anything's possible. They've won at this racetrack twice. This this organization has won the Italian Grand Prix twice. So so stranger things have happened.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure because I haven't looked it up, but I, I swear that um slash Toro Rosso won the Italian Grand Prix at Monza the same amount as Red Bull, which is two, which is just something bonkers to think about. I'm sure, yeah, I know, Sophia can't believe it, but it's, um, have a look if you don't believe me, I swear they've only won twice Red Bull around this track. It's not a good one for them, historically. Uh, but it's a surprisingly good one for the sister team, which is a bit weird. Um, but yeah, that championship battle that you mentioned there, Philly, it is it is a big one at the end of the day. It's, it's 30, 34 points for... Um, 34 points for uh, you know, it's Haas isn't it, yeah it's Haas there. <laughs> scroll across the table uh, and 20, 29 for Alpha Tari and 25 for Aston Martin so it's very very close in in that battle and there's a lot of tens of millions of dollars for each one of them places in terms of price money for the difference so it's massive for those teams at the bottom Um yeah and let's move on to the green team there. So let's move on to Aston Martin who again I mean we, I pointed out in a few in a few shows so far that they do score pretty consistently, not very well, not very high up, but they do con- score consistently. That's uh, as eight of the last nine races they've scored points in, which for a team in ninth place is is something ridiculous. And fair play to Lance Stroll. I mean, his, his teammate Sebastian Vettel had a bit of shock when it came to the blue flags. However, Stroll he had a really good weekend, and I think this is a circuit where he qualified up in third before Louis uh, in twenty eighteen. I want to say something like that. So. There's potential for a good result
1: uh, for Aston Martin this weekend. I mean, you're asking the wrong person if you want if you want positive things to say about Stroll, but um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, like uh, after after you know, props to Stroll, he's actually been doing a good job, and you know when the championship battles is tight. Um, between you know the likes of uh, Aston Martin and, and Williams, they know that scoring one point is always going to be one point more than Latifi scores, so it's a way to extend that gap. Um, and you know, Aston Martin they may not qualify well uh, get, uh, granted last weekend to try to get in the top 10, but their race pace is very consistent. They stay out of trouble. They don't seem to have these nagging issues that the likes of Alvaro Romeo, Haas, Williams have, which shoots their car down the grid they are just you know they get on with it they get points and they go on to the next race and that's for a team in their position, and given the season that they've had is exactly what they need you know they're not aspiring to be you know fighting the likes of McLaren and Alpine they're there to pick up the scraps do as well as they can and that's exactly what they're doing and it genuinely wouldn't shock me if they did it again this weekend
0: yeah, I mean, I don't think they would have gone into this season wanting to pick up the scraps. I think they really would have wanted to beat in the likes of McLaren and uh, Alpine. However, they've got to they got to play the hand, the hand that they've dealt themselves, and uh, they're doing really well. To be fair, they they have they have some of the best strategies on the grid in terms of maximizing their pace and going for the one stop strategy. Something that uh, Mercedes, the team that they've been you know accused of copying of off the past, has also tried recently. So it's working out well for them too. So we'll see how they get on this weekend. Um, and last up, we've got uh, got Williams. Obviously, a team that doesn't score points very often. However, the, Albon did get that point in Spa with his low drag setup. And this is the lowest drag circuit on the year. So, Sophia, can it happen? Can Albon get some more points this weekend?
2: I mean, anything is possible. I would like to see that happening. I think he will get into Q3, I think, potentially as well, because he is doing well and he's just completely wiping the floor with his teammate. I think this is another nail in the coffin for why Latifi should be going because you have Albon who's taken a year out and is literally just again like I said wiping the floor like he's performing so much better on his own merit as well not due to penalties to get points not due to not getting into Q3 and getting out in Q1 I I think Alex has only been knocked out in Q1 like a handful of times whereas Latifi's I think finally made it once out of (laughs) Q1 this season and again the only driver with no points um, which is not the best record and stat to have especially if this is potentially your last season in F1 I would love to see Williams because they are doing quite well and they've put in a lot of effort you can also see it as a team as well you see them on media clips they just seem so well connected and well-rounded together as like almost like a family and how Albon's kind of change the mannerisms and the dynamic of the team as well is proven that they could be a contender in a few years time as well which once they get the right second driver and the right funding in I can see them being in contending with Aston Martin, Haas maybe even throw in the Alfa Tauri's and McLaren's and Alpines just for the sake of it um but yeah I would love to see Alex in the points Let Latifi just don't crash
0: <laughs> uh, you may be asking a little bit too much of Latifi there but you know it, I, I mean he he finished in the last race did that you know fair play in, in that regard but yeah there's, there's, there's been a meme that's been going around about uh, how there's two drivers in the league of their own this season, of Verstappen and Latifi. Unfortunately for Latifi, he's more the National League than he is the Premier League, but there's a little football rest from um, So, But no, credit to Albon. I think he's having an excellent season. He is making more than most of a not very good car, quite frankly. And uh, the future's bright for him and the, and the team. And whoever's going to be alongside him next season, whether it's Logan Sargent or someone like that, you know, there is potential for the team to succeed in the future for sure um but yeah those those are the uh the 10 teams and the 20 drivers we've previewed them all for you uh and it's let's get into our predictions let's get into the top three predictions so i am gonna say that uh red bull are gonna overtake alpha Tauri slash tower in terms of wins at monza i think i, I can't look past Max Verstappen. unfortunately i want to go for somebody else but i think it's almost a bold prediction to go for anybody else at this point for the win um let's see I I don't think Perez is gonna to do too well I think I'm gonna I'm gonna say I'm gonna say second place I've got a funny feeling about Carlos Sainz. he's been off for a while let's see let's see if he can do better this week and I'll put him in second and third I mean again I said Hamilton would do quite well last weekend and he did because he was fired up from a poor result I'm gonna say the same again I'm gonna put Sir Lewis on the podium in third place so all 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 three of the top three teams on the podium together so See how that works out. Phil, what's your putting predictions this weekend? Uh
3: Vettel to or Vettel, sorry. I'm having in throwbacks to uh <laughs> old Red Bull since we were talking about um uh, I apologize. Um I'd like <laughs> to see Sebastian Vettel win. Maybe they can give him one of his old Red Bulls to drive instead of his Aston Martin. It would be better than what he's driving today. But um <laughs> the guy that has uh taken over as the new Vettel at Red Bull. Um, Max Verstappen will win. Um, I will go with Charles E. Claire for second, the former winner of the Italian Grand Prix, and I will um, not Sir Lewis. I will go with George for third. So just changing it up a little bit there, um, but I do figure Lewis and um, Carlos will uh, be up there um, having a good opportunity to fight for the podium. I think five five for three really um the floor issue that checo is having right now trying to drive that different floor has changed his whole entire mindset and he's not able to drive the car anymore and they're forcing him to drive with that because they're trying to develop it and so it's going to take him off um the podium discussion at least for now maybe at singapore it might come good but not for this race
0: yeah, of course, Charles Leclerc. You're right, a, a former winner of this race with a totally non-suspicious engine as well in 2019. Um, Louis, Louis, what's your
1: top three predictions? I am gonna be, I'm gonna be the romantic that you spoke of, George. I am gonna I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna say Charles Leclerc. Um, he won in Australia. He'll win in Monza. <laughs> um, Logic love Jake, I'm trying to think of the last time he won. That's why I was like, that's all straight. <laughs> um, then I'm going to say Max, and then I'm going to say signs.
0: All right, double, po- double podium for Ferrari. That would make the Tifosi very happy. And I love to see when that crowd is up and <laughs> surrounding the podium. It, it is one of the coolest views the helicopter cam have seen. the fans on the track after the race at Monza. I want to see them fired up. I want to see them happy because it is a beautiful thing to behold. Um, but yeah, so... Uh, Sophia, what's your top three predictions?
2: Oh, I feel like I'm going to follow suit with a few of y'all. Um, I think Max will win. I will say Charles P2. And... I mean, just reading some of the comments on YouTube, someone said Alonso for podium. Um, <laughs> Could be bold, um, but i I do think it's probably gonna be George over Hamilton, but yeah, um, I do think Paris will be up there as well, um, but not science. I feel like he's gonna get a penalty, so I'd rather not have him in my predictions.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no fair enough, fair enough that that could easily happen um let's let's go with the bold prediction now. I'm just struggling to think of one to be honest, I'm thinking of putting a random team up in like the top five or whatever. I did that with AlphaTauri last time. Obviously they, they won a couple of years ago here, but you know what? I'm going to go for something that I just do not see happening at all in a month of Sundays. I just think it will not happen, but I'm going to just predict it just in case it does. I want to go down Ricardo for a top five, despite everything I've just said. That That is, that is the boldest of bold predictions. All right. Manifesting
3: but... your favorite driver. Okay.
0: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I am putting all my confidence into him, so
3: let's 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 see what happens. It's, it's not going to happen. Let's be honest here, Phil. What's your bold prediction? I was going to say Alex Albon. I mean, Sophia mentioned it about Q three, so it's not really a bold prediction. But I honestly do think that Alexander Albon is going to not only make Q three, but he will get more than tenth place points on Sunday in the Italian Grand Prix. I feel like he'll finish eighth or ninth in the grand prix uh, on sunday which would be one of their best if not their best result of the season i think so that's that's what i'm, I'm going with albon uh, to have a great weekend i had like two other ones in my head but i'd rather go for the more safe one <laughs> i feel like the albon one's safer i never thought i would say that about alex albon being a safe choice but he is in this case
0: I think it's a safer choice than what I've gone through for gone for to be honest with you, but there we go. Um yeah, I mean, you never know. It is it's historically it is a good track for them, uh, Williams. That even when they've had a god-awful car, they have scored points around ones pretty regularly. So it's possible they could beat the ninth place finish that's their best of the season so far. Uh Louis, what's your ball prediction?
1: I'm gonna say uh you know, no retirements, no VSCs. No safety cars, no red flags. Given the the events that we've had over the last couple <laughs> of years, with having literally all of them, I'm going to say all 20 cars finish, and it's going to be a complete lights to flag with no interruption. The fastest
0: race in F1 history, maybe as well. At that point, you never know. Sophia,
2: Ooh, okay. Um, I think I'm trying to think, probably the best. Um, double Aston Martin points, and an Alpine in top five.
0: Oof. I like that. that That is genuinely
3: something I could see happening. Yeah, fair enough. I hope. <laughs> Stats do support that too, because Sebastian Vettel, who and I had my Freudian slip earlier, he is one of the best at Monza, and um, Stroll, for his use- uselessness, is one of his best racetracks. Is Monza. <laughs> um, and then fred alonso is also great at monza so it, it kind of all works out there
2: yeah i'm I'm not saying which alpine drive i'm just saying a because you can't you can't choose between them because they're completely different <laughs> one's consistent one's erratic i would say
0: <laughs> one is consistently erratic i know what you mean there, <laughs> Yeah, I mean the thing is though, as well with Baston, they've only had one double points this season so far, and where was it? It was Italy, it was Imola. So it's a sign. It's a sign. I'm not sure what it's a sign of. But it's a sign of something. <laughs> so, uh, so that those are our predictions. So I'll give you guys uh, a chance to plug your outlets as well. Uh, Phil, I've mentioned you're part of the GSP. What is that,
3: and where can people find it? I'm just trying to go and bring up my Twitter feed just to make sure I can go and do the whole pitch. Uh, the Grip Strip Podcast, uh, we talk about all things motorsports on there. We talk about Formula One. We're going to talk about uh, – we're doing it later uh, Later this evening here um, since it's the afternoon for us over here in the U.S. Uh, we're going to go over Formula One. We're going to go over IndyCar, NASCAR. IndyCar only has one race to go in their season. So um, big points battle going on there. Um, Josh Afine and myself uh, do the show weekly and get in all things motorsports. MotoGP, uh, Paco Bagnaya going and uh, trying to tighten that battle up four consecutive victories on the Ducati, um, 30 points behind Fabio Quartararo, So um, we're going to go into all those things and more. Uh, you can find us basically anywhere where podcasts, uh, where you get podcasts. You can find the Gripster Podcast. We're also on YouTube at grip strip podcast. So you can see our beautiful faces do the show that way as well. Um, It's nice leisure listening during your work day um, on the grip strip podcast because it's a longer show. So um, thanks, as always, George, um, for hosting and your support. And it's great to work with Sophia Louis, and everybody Aiden. Um, I love being on uh, this show. It's always something to look forward to. So um, We have fun over here so it's a good time and we're growing so it's nice to be a part of a growing brand here on uh, grid talk
0: no thank you phil very kind words as always and yeah it's always great having you on the show really do appreciate it and yeah you know uh gsp is a great show i've been on there a couple times so yeah it's uh it's definitely one to listen to for you guys if you want to check out more broad kind of approach when it comes to covering um everything to do with other sports as well um Louis, I've mentioned that you're a um, co- uh, co-host here on the um, on, on Grid Talk. Anything else you want to plug? No, just don't All be
1: right, one move of on the. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> no, I want just... to
0: I, I want to get your reaction, Louis, to something because this is the first time I had to ask you. How do you feel about next year being the first time when a Formula One
1: driver will be younger than you on the grid? I was really hoping that Alpine were going to win that contract basket and they're just not put him in a seat <laughs> um it's it's gonna be rough we're getting old now
0: <laughs> uh welcome to our world my friend it does not get any easier
1: <laughs>
0: uh, sophia i've mentioned you're part of f1 what is that and where can people find it
2: yep uh, so everything f1 we um are on all social medias facebook instagram twitter tiktok youtube um, I join EF1. We also post uh, content and articles on our website www.everythingf1. Uh, not just F1. We also do F2, F3, W series, um, IndyCar occasionally as well. We also host a podcast that's filmed live on Tuesday nights around 8:30 on our Facebook, and then also it drops on all streaming platforms on Wednesday. And again, it's everything F1, and t- uh, subscribe, I guess. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
0: yeah I, i've been on that show again a couple of times as well i actually met up with a few of the lads i met up with tiller and uh, Coop yeah. to the grand prix this year so that was fun yeah definitely a good bunch definitely check out their show as well they uh they, again it's a bit of a longer show as well but it covers everything to do with f1 as a name kind of suggests so yeah definitely check those guys out um and yeah i'll give a mention as well that we do go out live on uh, on youtube most of the time uh for same for the previews the qualifying reviews and the race reviews just check out our channel uh, grid talk on YouTube. We have passed 700 subscribers a while ago, and we're gunning for 800. We're hoping for a thousand before the season ends. So, please help us do that by subscribing to the channel. And of course, you can see the show early before it goes out on the uh, goes out on the streaming platforms as well. So, yeah, there we go. um Also, give us a like on Facebook, Efron Chronicle. Give us a follow on Twitter at Chronicle. Uh, and we're also available on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, Verbal, Omni Studio, Pocket Cast, and the Efron Chronicle website itself. Uh, from Chronicle.com. And uh, I want to thank my panellists for coming on this week. Very much it as always. No All right.
2: Thank, thank you. you.
0: And we're going to be back on Saturday to analyse qualifying for the Italian Grand Prix. Thank you very much for listening and watching. We'll see you for the next one. Goodbye.